This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands <laughs> down, one of the this best is. podcasts I ever heard, though. Jello Beats, holla at me. All right, man. So check this out, man. There was recently a principal in Mississippi, an assistant principal, that was fired from his job for reading a book to second graders. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, my man. This is a book that was in the school's library. Library, and yeah. He had an opportunity to read a book. He needed to find a book. I guess the teacher that was supposed to actually be reading to these students, these second graders, wasn't available for whatever the reason was. So he said, let me quickly find a book so that I can try to fill in the gap, right? Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is that he chose a book called My Butt Has a Crack in It. And in this story, it's a story about a young boy, little boy the age of these second graders, who looks at his butt, sees that there's a crack in his butt, and says, hey, I need to go find a new butt. So it's a, it's a whimsical, funny, lighthearted book for kids of that age range, between 6 and 10, I think. is the A necessary book, by the way, sure. <laughs> Only for this assistant principal to go home and immediately see an email in his mailbox saying that he needed to be seen by the superintendent of schools, who then questions him about his book choice and then tells him either to resign or that he would be fired. So he chose to be fired specifically because he said if he resigned, it would come no across like he did something. Was, oh, okay. Well, besides okay, that, he said it would look as though he, he had actually done something wrong and he didn't think that he did anything wrong. He didn't. But this dude ended up getting fired for reading a, a book to kids that came out of their library called My Butt Has a Crack in It. Why does it happen? And it, you know what's so incredibly sad about that? Because there is a a wide array of books that have that humorous, you know, type of feel intentionally trying to explain to children anatomy, right? You have the same type of, I mean, it's a whole series of books called... Uh, Farty pants or something along that. Then you got Captain Underpants. You have all yeah, of those right, things. Right, 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 you, have, right. you know, Scaredy Squirrel. You have all of these things that are there to enlighten children. So to be upset, I mean, I, mean, I just, I just think those types of things are funny, and I, I don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, empathy or sympathy for dude. You know, should he's going to bounce back, he'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, he's a white male in America, so I mean, yeah. of course, when you yeah. look. Just looking at the situation, it blows my mind. Especially like looking it's at this book, like, this book is written by a woman called Don McNeil. She has like a series of books. Series it's not the only of book books. that she's written about butts, and it's all for the same age range. She's in like on Amazon. She's in the top fifteen of authors. She's yeah. in the top fifteen of authors because she's written these whimsical books about kids in their butts, like in their butts. What kid doesn't talk about their butt, dude? I mean, come on, man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm like. Come, have you not wa- looked at TV and seen commercials for these toys and stuff? Have you not all? hung around a teenage boy for more than ten minutes? My guy, I live with God. one. Of this fucking annoying as shit. Yeah, they're <laughs> fart museums. Like, what are you talking about, dude? All they do is eat 
<laughs> sleep, burp, and fart. Oh my goodness, man! Oh, it's I just I don't feel sorry necessarily for the guy, but it. it I think it's raises, a funny story, though. Yeah. It raises a lot of questions for me, my guy. I'm just like, okay, if this was where you wanted, if this is the hill you wanted to die on, this book, <laughs> this kid, like, what is, what else are you taking seriously? Like, I I hate to see you have to read like really important shit. Right. Yeah, and I didn't but, follow the story because I really, I, I'm really curious to find out what the superintendent's logic was. What what was his argument that it was, and how, what way was it? Insensitivity and his to people who don't have butt cracks. I mean, who? What, the, what group is that? To the material that was in Peter? a print. What the hell? <laughs> Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it's incredible in the Black Podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world. I'm covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know what their butts look like. I mean, after 40 plus years, I mean, we would all yeah. know what that looks like. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my uh, my medical team. Uh, L, oh, say what's God. up, man. What's good, family? No doubt, no doubt. And Crush is on hiatus today. Um, hey, Fuzzy you... Wuzzy, what's the bear? Fix <laughs> <laughs> that. No, my joint, the autofocus popped up when I laughed and then it just it was trying to catch me. Like, oh. that's one of the processes. That's one of the unfortunate parts of being light skinned. It's hard to capture all of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> catch the darkies. Catch the darkies. Catch the darkies. <laughs> catch the darkies. <laughs> I'm going to send all those emails to you. But our boy Crush is on hiatus tonight. We want to extend a, our, our deepest condolences and well wishes yeah, to Crush and his family. Uh, Crush recently lost his father, and I know that he and his family are in a um, are mourning and in a. Uh, they need all the consoling that they can possibly receive. So you know, we as his brothers, we want to you know extend our deepest condolences to him. And I know that you guys that follow the show regularly love Crush too. So you know, we just want to make sure that we continue to lift his family up with uh, prayers and thoughts too. So. Shout out yeah. to you, Crunch, and the family, No bro. doubt, no doubt. L, I know that, uh, actually, before I even do that, if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you hit that red subscribe. All of those things go a long way. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But of course, we want you to come over and join the family. L, please tell these folks how they can do that if they want to do that. Man, head on over to our website, www.inthebladpdcs. Was it PDCST or is it podcast? I always get confused. This one is podcast. You are a jerk. After how many years you still don't know what the hell? Oh, been doing this. Listen, man, I told you, man, I'm tired. But hey, man, head on over to the In the Black Podcast website. And first thing you'll see is Dr. Eddie Glaude Jr.'s crispy goatee right there, man, right on the screen. Like, pat out right there. Like, we didn't do it on purpose. It just so happens that his joint was extra crispy that day. Uh, so, But hey, there's a number of things that you can do on the particular website. Uh, you can become a member of the family. And by becoming a member of the family, you can buy swag. You can just donate directly to what we're building here as independent black media. 
straight through Cash App, dollar sign in the black PDCST. But I highly recommend you actually becoming a member of our Patreon. Not only because you get an exclusive off the cuff segment that is, <laughs> you think this shit is nuts. Listen to that <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> but join our Patreon, man. It really goes a long way in building up what we're trying to put down here uh, root-wise as independent black media. And Sean has something else special to share. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. This We're about to jump into our black box letter, and our black box letter tonight is actually going to be brought to us by our one of our uh, most recent partners, Audiobooks Now. So we here at the In the Black Podcast, we are avid list, uh, readers, whether it's through audiobooks or through conventional text we can't get enough of it but i know for somebody like me who always finds themselves on the run and doesn't have an opportunity to really sit down and read a book audiobooks now has come in clutch so for you guys for yes an incredible selection of all your top 10 15 20 uh new york times best published uh best uh authors is on audiobooks now you should be able to find anything that you're looking for on audiobooks now and if you go to our website in the blackpodcast.com forward slash audiobooks now and use the link there you can get 50 percent off on your next purchase so make sure you go ahead and use that now you want tonight, to use that ladies and gentlemen yeah 50 percent off like That's what a, especially when these audiobooks cost like costing more than a damn yeah, physical about, copy. yeah like that, but I ain't pick, tell that's, you to pick facts. that damn narrator. You could have got that's, that's, Jojo down at the bodega to do that <laughs> shit. Don't do that. Don't do that. These are quality narrators. Don't do that. To, don't yeah, do that to our folks. Don't do that to us. There's, a, there's. I didn't say there weren't bad ones. I'm just saying. But anyway, so tonight's black box letter is actually, uh, hmm, whew, actually a very interesting uh, letter that I got or message that I got from a listener. Okay. Um. This message comes from uh, a homie. Her name is Teresa. Okay, and Teresa basically is asking our opinion about the relationship that she now finds herself in with her living boyfriend of the past three or four years. Okay, now Teresa and the boyfriend, um, when they got together, they were both working regular jobs and when i say regular jobs they were jobs and not necessarily professions okay okay gotcha teresa has since gone to school she's gotten her associate's degree and she has now started she has a real real job and she's been working in this space now for about mm, i think from the last for about about a year and a half almost two years okay now, I, her dilemma or her question, her problem is that she says that she loves her boyfriend. Uh, they do have one child together. I, I apologize. I should not have left that out. They do have one child together. She loves her boyfriend. She knows that he loves her. He shows it in every single way. He is also an extremely good father to their child. But she feels as though he lacks the ambition to go for more or to be something better quote unquote um 
she's left in an awkward position because she has these feelings and she wants to press him to be better and to do X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, she's balancing or tries to balance that with the love that she has and that he has for her and the quality of man that he is in spite or despite not being, I guess, a go-getter. So I'm going to ask you, Elgin Norland Bailey, what are your thoughts when you hear this, man? Because it left me feeling some sort of way. To be very honest with you. Well, I tell you, the it left me feeling concerned about this relationship. And of course, when we get these black box letters, we don't get all of the intricate details, what they've actually tried to do, what they haven't done, Facts. what's worked, what hasn't worked. But what it seems to be, based off of what we're see- just seeing and reading, is that they have not had the conversations needed to address this particular thing right she can have the conversation with him but it can't be rooted in things like he's not a go-getter he doesn't he lacks drive and ambition because just because he doesn't have the type of ambition and drive that your ass has doesn't mean he doesn't have it right it just means that he may be in a different place. But I think if you guys have certain goals and aspirations and desires as a couple, and you're looking to actually be a, a legal family by getting married, then that's a discussion that you need to have. And using that as a as a workaround, right, to have the conversation about his motivation. Like, if he mentions getting married, that's an opportunity for you to say, yeah i would like to get married too i love you i love what we have but man i would really like for us to be in this place financially Mm. i would really like for us to have this set up Mm. that will be a motivation for him to go out and stretch and do things because clearly he doesn't lack the drive and the motivation when it comes to loving your ass and loving your child it just seems to be that he lacks the motivation and there's also sometimes, and this happens in relationships between whether it's men who get some level of accomplishment in a relationship or the woman that gets some level of accomplishment. There's this 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 thing that takes place where now that I've gotten into a certain place and achieved something, I I I feel myself a little differently now, right? That I that I've actually made it to some degree and I can't have you not pushing forward and trying to make it like me because the last thing I want you to do is be taking advantage of me. I think there's 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 just there's this remorse to this kind of really this angst and jealousy even that we tend to get with people who you know, I think that's why a lot of the, the stay-at-home parents get such flack from the parents who go to work because it's this level of jealousy and this misperception that because I'm home that I ain't doing shit all day. But you ain't seen right. them eight loads of laundry that I just did. Right, right. But right. I think this is a simple. I think this is a pretty simple fix. I don't think this. I don't think your relationship's in jeopardy. I don't think this has that type of. I think it has the potential of being that now. Don't don't get me wrong. If you guys don't have the necessary conversations, and these feelings continue to work internally, you don't find a healthy way of you know externalizing these shit. 
it can cause some damage you know come up as bitterness it can come up as many different things but i think it's a simple fix have the fucking conversation with dude like yo what what are we doing what this is and start off with me like start it off with hey i love you i love what we have with our child I want us to be able to buy a house. I want us to have a, a bigger car. Man, I want you to have a better truck, babe. I want you to be able to do those things. How can we together make that happen? Mm, and mm, get his mm. feedback. Because yeah, you're pulling yeah, him yeah. in and you're not attacking him. But if you come a different way, you start attacking his drive and his ambition. Yeah, his or his, his masculinity no, or his manhood. It's no going man. to go, it's gonna go yeah, sideways. Like yeah, fuck all that. It's going to go sideways. Like, how now, do people I, be in these relationships with each other and y'all done swap spit, swap other bodily fluids, but y'all can't have these difficult or quasi-difficult conversations that can be potentially you, growth Elgin, spurring stop, conversations. Stop, stop, stop. You, you know very well, you've been studying this for a very long time. You know that emotions make people very, very irrational. Emotions and fears are not rational. It's not you know that. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. What I think that part of the dilemma, or let me say, I'll play devil's advocate in this in, in this regard. Should she? Shouldn't she be? I want to make sure I say this right without offending somebody. But I mean, I guess there's no way around it. Shouldn't she expect more from him? Like, is she wrong for expecting more from him? You, nobody works hard, bust their ass to stay, the, to stay the same or expect the same. You know what I mean? I think, I think, I think she's not wrong. I think she could be wrong for expecting more. Let me say that. Mm. I don't think she's wrong for desiring more. Right? I think hold the expectation. I want you to take a step back hold and repeat on. that. Yeah. You think she's? You think she's wrong? I think because... she can be wrong because she's expecting more right okay i think that's where the faultiness can get in your perception and things become subjective and you assume certain things without having conversation and knowledge but Mm. desiring more is okay like you can desire to have more but when your desire crosses over into that expectation land because it was all good a week ago right it was all good when he simply just had a job and he was doing things but now that you done got you know worked hard congratulations sincerely for the accomplishment and doing what you needed to do i applaud that but sis just because you climbed that hill doesn't mean you need to be trying to push him down the fucking hill because you up there now I think right, that's right. the where it gets really, really murky is when you say have that expectation. Like, why do you expect that all of a sudden? Right. Or maybe not even to push him down the hill, but to be mad at him for not being up the hill with you when you're up the hill. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think part of the reason why I took this some sort of way, me specifically, is because I think all of us, based on our life experience, make certain sacrifices or make certain decisions. And I'll use myself as an example. Okay. For me specifically, I told you I grew up in a household where there were times when my parents worked three jobs, both of them, and I was left to be the quote-unquote caretaker for my brothers and sisters, and there's five of us. So I told myself when I had kids, I don't care what the circumstance is. I'm not working overtime. You're not going to catch me 
being pulled in extra hours after the clock is supposed to be dawned on or over the weekend because i knew what not having my parents around meant what it did to me sure so that conversation that you need to have with him is where does he where does he see himself why does he believe that he's where he is because she's already said that he's an incredible father that he loves the hell out of her he does all and he loves her like yeah he's a phenomenal dude so i mean there there has to be or there can be i should say reasons that make him or are leaving him in the position where he is now you know what i mean my wife i told my wife off jump street i said you there's not going to be a moment that the clock is gone that i'm not going to be home with my kids or to find some other thing for us to do with our children because like i said my parents busted their ass just to make sure we had the basics but in the process of busting their ass to have the basics they weren't always present for those football games for rotc for the track meets for all those other things that that make you know that cultivate and build and nurture and develop the relationship that you have with your parents right and i don't hold that against them i'm just saying that that's that's, those are these those are those things you know what i mean i think that's where and the warning to her would be is when you have this conversation and again we're pushing you to have the necessary conversation with him but when you have the conversation i want you to think about what you want right tangible material wise mm-hmm. what are you trying to get what are you trying to achieve and then when you think about that the things that you want the house the cars you know all those things and I, i'm not knocking those things but those things come at a cost that is not just financial right keep that in mind in order for him to get and obtain those things he's going to have to probably go to school right in that school is going to he's going to be time away from the home it's going to be time for him to have to study it's going to change the dynamics between him and your child it's going to change the dynamics between you and him it's going to have financial implications we can't say that we want these material things and not understand and that that shit comes with a sacrifice yep. that's, right. that's, I'm, I'm very glad that you said that because I'm thinking to myself now as you're laying this out that she had the opportunity to go to school during this period somebody was left with the children or left with the household I'm not saying specifically that it was her boyfriend but I'm saying there's a strong likelihood that it was her boyfriend. So thinking about the sacrifice that he he made to be home, to tend to the child, to make sure to give you the opportunity to feel comfortable to go to school and do what you need to do. Sometimes, I'll be very honest with you, sometimes when those relationships or those roles are switched, we're not ready for that role reversal. We're not ready for that, boy. Listen, uh, listen uh, I, I just, but again, have the conversation uh if you're unsure about having the conversation with him it's not a problem like i think introducing another component to this i think in relationships we have to got to get past the idea of introducing therapy and counseling into our relationships only when shit is broken right only when things are off track like you can have these conversations with the therapist and things along those lines before shit gets broken they would believe me 
they would much rather be doing preventive maintenance than mm. putting out five alarm fires. Yeah, renovating your whole relationship over it. Yeah, so have the conversation. Listen, you have a, it sounds like you have a phenomenal dude who loves you, who's willing to do everything necessary. I mean, we don't have the full picture. He could be trash. He could be sitting right now, scratching his nuts, playing Xbox. <laughs> who knows? But for what you sent in, he seems like a good dude. Have the conversation. And I wish you guys nothing but success. Um, good luck with this. Yeah, I, I, listen, man, I think this is a great. I mean, they have all the this recipes. Is, this, is, this is March 24th, 2022. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. first time you've you ever that down. given I didn't mention divorce. I didn't mention I know. You know, none of that I, shit. I gave you know, you know great advice that? to this. You, yeah. that, you know what they call They call that growth. I'm they proud of you, man. Growth, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I know that you're going to fuck it up in the next episode, but you know, it's okay. You know, it could be that. I'm not feeling too well. I got sniffles. So charge it to the virus that I have. I know, I know. I just, I'll take whatever I can get. Go ahead, now. What do we got on the deck, though? What do we got on deck? Man, I really want to be able to talk about what we are seeing taking place right now with my mouse not wanting to scroll across the screen to get to the top of the tab to allow me to click open the fucking article that I have here. Like, I'm trying to understand what the hell that we have going on. Okay, so we see what has been taking place with the, what, what do we call it? What's the fancy word that they use for these proceedings? What, what is it called? Uh, Supreme Kentucky Court Justice. Jackson. Yeah, it contains Brown called? Jackson. I think it's what just is it called? Supreme Court Justice nomination nominations or hearing. That's what I think. Yeah, it's whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Well, anyway, we see that taking place, and that has the the conversation that I want to have tonight with Sean is the identity politics politics component of it, and more importantly, the way. And I know black women are going to be mad. But black girl magic has, man, I've seen nothing but you, you see the one meme and I wish I would have had it and I'll make sure that we put the clip. I will have the meme where she's sitting there. It's like a prayer that everyone has attributed what she's experiencing, the treatment in the proceedings, which again, I think is absolute horrendous. I don't think anyone should have to experience those types of questions just to be asking fucking questions with no particular objective outside of just proving that they can ask fucking questions. I hate it. I think it's I think she's done a phenomenal job of keeping her cool. Mm, mm. And I also have a thought about that also because I hate that we get applauded for keeping our cool in those situations. Instead of us getting applauded for keeping our cool, I would rather the conversation be about the motherfucker who is trying not to keep us, to get us to keep our cool. Like that should be the focus. Don't, don't applaud me for keeping my cool when the motherfucker's punching me in the face. How about you berate and be angry with the motherfucker was punching me in the face? Yeah. Like, I dig it. I but, dig it. The way, Sean, we've seen this before, man. We've seen this every time we get a prominent black politician arising through the ranks. There is this segment of black America that gravitates towards them and holds them up as the beacon 
of blackness, right? As as the shining blackness. And we've seen it more here lately when it comes to black women. We saw the same thing happen with Stacey Abrams, right? When Stacey Abrams done the phenomenal work that she did, and I question some of her politics, but I cannot question her work that she did down in Georgia. But we noticed the ways that black women elevated her. We saw the same thing with Vice President Harris, the way she was elevated. We're seeing the same thing happening right now with Judge Jackson, the way she's being elevated. My um, concern. My question to you is why do you why does that come? I guess you're going to answer it, but why does that oh, yeah, come? Yeah. Or why is that an my, issue my, for you? My concern is we ignore these peoples are people, right? Because I'm not throwing them out because I don't agree with them or things. I don't think they're treacherous. Well, they might be. But anyway, uh, why do, I know. <laughs> why do we not address or examine their politics? Why do we not look at their records against or towards black people why is it simply that their skin is the standard of measure of their blackness and not their skin plus their politics or what they have done either against or for black folks because when we look at the records and this is not this is not the conversation i want to use to actually tear down this particular judge i'll save that for another episode but in this particular instance i think i'm blown away that i have not witnessed that take place i have Hmm. not witnessed us examining her cases her records we didn't do the same thing when Vice President Harris's record has been public for Kamala, right? We we knew who she was, top cop. We knew who she was, but it was ignored immediately for fucking chucks and pearls. Like we, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand no, how I, I we get it. to this particular place, and I wanted to have that conversation. And this is not a knock against black women, but I think there's a component there that we've seen this happen more with black women recently than we've had this happen in general with black men involved in the whole kid and caboodle. It happens with, I think it happens with black men too. I think that uh, once again, I think ultimately it boils down to the fact that we use representation as the end all be all for when we see these positions being filled. It's not to say that representation doesn't matter, but representation is only one component to the entire picture of how we see justify rule and think with one another now that doesn't mean that all black people need to have group think we are not a monolith i get it all of those cliche things right but how much did representation matter when you have judge someone like judge clarence thomas who has essentially tried to do everything anti the movement whether that means getting rid of affirmative action i mean i get it some black people say that affirmative action is a curse yeah, on black yeah. people's necks but sure affirmative action, abortion rights, all of these things, how much did representation matter in those instances? Because if you have a person that looks like you, but thinks contrary to the ideals that actually help move or mobilize your life and your the progress that you think needs to be uh, put in place for uh, for your life to be better, then what does representation really matter, right? So that's number one. We use representation as the end all be all, the bludgeon over all black folks. 
Then two, and I think the most egregious part is that not only is it used as, uh, I guess, as a rallying cry for black people, but it's also used against us. Because if you look very well with this whole, uh, with the hearing so weaponized. far, it's yep. weaponized. It's like, okay, well, we know that you're black. How black are you? Are you black, black are enough you? that you believe in CRT? Do you believe that black lives matter? Like these are actual questions that people are asking this woman. And then she's in turn forced to be like, to dance this tightrope, to be like, well, I'm black enough for black folks, but I'm not that black that you would not want to appoint me to this position. Sure, and it's a sure. dicey and hard position to be in. Like I actually feel some level of sympathy for her, because, not because necessarily because of the question. No, no, I, I dig it. No, no, and I think that's I, okay. I think that's good. I, I, the questioning I can understand because you're going to be faced. All of us black people, people of color, have been faced with some level of that, right? But to be questioned in this way on a stage like this for the whole world to see—that's another level of weight that you carry. Right. Sure. And that brings sure. me to the point of her cool demeanor, her calmness. Yeah. It is commendable to me, my guy, because some Man. of these questions, listen, because some of these questions, one of the dudes, I forget what this clown's name is, but he was I one of the folks that about. riled, yeah. he riled up all these fucking folks from January 6th. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's asked, I can't remember, I know you're I can't about, remember the dude's name, but he asked whether or not she was going to be tough on crime. And he then equated her lack or belief of lack of being tough on crime, which has nothing to fucking do with her, to be very honest with you. She's not a DA. She's not a fucking nope. senator. And she's not a, a governor or whatever. So, but she yeah, equated yeah. her his belief of her lack of crime to basically be like that she's going to make rulings that would put pedophiles in everybody's homes and that there's like some she would let child molesters go into the world without being reckoned with. And they, the, you can see that these questions, they're building a narrative to try and stain and diminish this woman and to get her riled up. And she sat there and she not only took it, but she took it with a smile because she- What does she have to lose if she gets riled up? What does she get to, what does she have to lose if she shows frustration? I think, okay. I think what she has to lose is a job that she wants. As, as plain and simple as it is, and what see, she and I think has to lose is a job uh, that she, a job that and she I wants. And I think those are the moments that we need, right? Those are turning point moments from in Black life. We need to f be able to see people in positions of power, potentially, in that representation showing the very anger and frustration that we have to swallow on a continuous basis. What does it do for the little black girl that everybody's pointing to, right? Saying, oh my God, we can look towards her. What does it do to the little black girl to show her that when you are faced with a, a predominantly white male space who are questioning everything about you that you your don't have to your well being everything you don't have to keep your cool you can say fuck y'all and walk away and still have your education still have all that and stand you know what it would do to to little black girls and, and black women across the country to see that type of empowerment that's the type of fucking empowerment that we need to see. We need to actually see righteous indignation in these particular spots. I think 
we fall into the trap of not wanting to show anger because they look at us as being angry all the time. So we avoid. Yeah, they, weapon, they weaponize it against us. They I mean, weaponize can you blame it. it? They, they, they weaponize I, it. So can I, you really blame I, I dig it. And I know what I'm saying is a because, huge yeah, because, sacrifice. Because you've seen, have you seen the comparisons yeah. that they've been making between oh, no, no, Judge yeah. Kavanaugh, who got all extra, extra? Yeah. And he, mind yeah. you, he was being accused of rape and all other sorts of stuff because. Well, anyway, those were the issues. Yeah, that he no, was no, I see, I see, I, I, I know, and I know what I'm saying is 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 difficult, right? And it's a huge sacrifice, and it's it, it might even be a level of unfairness to it, but I think that's what we need to see. And again, I'm not. I want people to actually begin, particularly our people in these situations. If you want to use identity representation, racial politics, and anything along those lines, man, begin to ask the questions. What do they stand for? How is their beliefs going to influence their position? And how is that influence going to benefit me or harm me and people like me? And no, we don't do enough of that shit. That drives me nuts. Because again, when people begin to look at her records, they're going to see some things that are going to be eyebrow raising. It doesn't call into question her blackness. It just calls into question to me her politics. Because I don't want to fall into that trap of saying because your politics are one way that you're not black. I think that's a dangerous slippery yeah, slope that we've got to yeah, be mindful yeah, of. Yeah, but yeah. I do think there are also times where motherfuckers do have trash politics that you can't be black to have that shit. Like, yo, uh, Clarence, I mean, listen, bro. <laughs> Facts. Mm. All right, so I'm going to ask you, so what have you seen, what have you seen, researched, found out about her record that you are not comfortable with? Well, I, I, I'm going to give you three things off the top of my head that I'm not comfortable with. The fact that Biden appointed her, I thought, was a red flag to me already. Uh, the, <laughs> listen, the, the fact that this Democratic knucklehead senile ass dude nominated you it was like oh shit then the fop endorsement to me was a red flag but then when some of her cases began to she has a case that you know that she presided over with lockheed martin with a bunch of, of like five thousand uh employees a bunch of employees had a racial discrimination suit and she ruled against them and it wasn't just this one case there's folks out there that are showing, and these are things that the reason why I didn't address them earlier is because I have not fully vetted these things that I've seen. But I there are things out there that say, like, you know, it raises your antenna. I yeah, it. nineteen out of twenty-two discrimination suits that came across her ta her her desk, she voted against. Like she's not been one who has been partial towards the black plight. So, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. I think I, I think you cannot leave out who she's married to, right? The fact that she's married to a white male, and again, that doesn't mean that people should not be into interracial relationships. I don't give a fuck who you sleep with. My concern with is the person you sleep with's politics and how their politics influences you, because you a fool if you think the person you're sleeping with don't somehow influence your decision making. Because as a man, I can tell you some of the crazy shit that I done did in the name of vagina. Bruh, listen. <laughs> Shut up!
What the fuck with you? Goddamn. <laughs> Keep it a buck. I get you. I get you. You're right. You're right. You're 100. Yeah, you're 100. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, just, I can dig it. Folks, can should dig research, it. man. Before we get, pull the pom-poms out, make sure we research because, boy, if she gets on this, she gets this damn seat and she turns around and, and bites us in the ass. Yeah. Bro, it's yeah, it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, I think that part of it also is just walking into this whole dilemma and seeing the way she's been treated. And we know as black people how often we see incidences like this and we rally behind one another. You know what I mean? It's like this, it's like her being, it's like our sister, our mother, our aunt being attacked by these goofballs. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I can, I, I get it. And in the process of that, let's not forget, it's not necessarily about the facts per se that moves the media it's about these sound bites it's about the angst it's about these outrageous comments that get things moving so instead of them talking about these 19 out of 20 cases they're going to talk about this asshole that just asked her whether or not she how many times she goes to church yeah yeah and i think i think again it, it this situation highlights an incredibly precarious and awful position that black folks constantly find ourselves in right because we need people in positions of power right to make the influence to push, to make yep. the influences. yeah but then it's just then when we get them there they they can be great going in but then once they get there they shift it's just it's just such an awful position to be in. and one of the reasons why i haven't been i haven't asked a question i haven't talked about her one fucking time on social media. I can do it. Literally from you from, would get you would get a standpoint of like, because the minute that you and I think that's a conversation, a larger conversation that has to happen at some point in time. I don't know when to have it or if we are in a space between this gender war bullshit that we have amongst black men and black women taking place now. If we can ever have the conversation, can I speak about something a, a black woman's negative quality without it turning into me attacking all black, all women. black women. No, I dig it. I dig it's it's I difficult. Dig it. We're in a real I weird space. Man. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, all right. I'm going to get you on the record before we move on to the next topic, dude. Do you think that we can support Katanji Brown Jackson and still question her stance for lack no, of better description. I don't think we should support Katanji Brown Jackson's stand uh in any sense of the word. No, I'm, um, no, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Can you can you support her as a black woman trying to get this position, whatever no. you however that looks no, like no, and don't think... call her to call her to the carpet? I don't think you can do both. Not in this particular mm -hmm. situation. She's going in a position of power that has could have profound negative consequences to our community uh, i don't think this is one of those things where you can have both truths being present i don't think so i don't think that's wise for this particular instance i think in some instances we can do that like you know ava duvernay she does mm -hmm. trash ass movies that leaves out important historical facts you like were just, you were just a hater so when you get this selma and left out how do you do selma and leave out kwame Touré, stokely carmichael in fucking Selma. 
Like, how do you do that? But I can still support her and want her to be successful and never watch her shit again. Because mm. I'm not watching her shit again. <sighs> I know, I'm horrible. I, I just pulled yeah, Ava yeah. into this conversation. I, I, yeah, Ava yeah, is sitting yeah. at the crib right now with Mind some white dude and got business. nothing to do with this at all. And I just Mind went off shots at her right there. <laughs> and you just taking all sorts of shots at this damn She's like, like oh, shit, my back. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so my spider senses are tickling. That motherfucking Elgin must be talking shit again. <laughs> That's how Roland feels. That's how Roland feels. He feels the same way. I, when his ascot gets too tight, he, he feels the same way. He's like, damn that. We are never going to get anybody from that thing on our show, dog. Because you just be lighting everybody's Praise ass. God. You Praise know what? What, 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 what? Whatever, nigga. So... <laughs> This next segment of the show is brought to you by Molecule Mattresses. If you want to get a good night's sleep, you're going to have to try Molecule Mattresses. This is the only mattress that I know that keeps cool throughout the whole fucking night. And I'm one that gets hot when I'm when I'm uh, when That's on my the only mattress. time he gets hot, ladies and gentlemen. Molecule mattresses with the jingle. Get your sleep on. Get your sleep on. <laughs> I'm trying to be molecule mattresses. If you want to get a good night rest on a mattress, it's going to stay cool throughout the entire night. You never have these hot spots, these hot flashes here, and these cold patches here. Get molecule mattresses. Go to our website www.intheblackpodcast.com forward slash molecule and use our term twenty five. 25 spring and you can get 25% off the entire website. Okay, so pillows, blankets, all of that. Listen, stuff. Man, okay. and y'all know that y'all motherfuckers need to be changing y'all mattresses. Y'all sleeping on them same damn mattresses that y'all was sleeping on in fucking junior high. You got springs hitting you in the third rib on your thigh <laughs> bone. The pillow is the same complexion as your fucking elbow. You know damn well you need to change your pillows and your damn mattress. Stop fucking around. No why you can't get a good sleep. You sleeping on a piece of damn cardboard with cotton wrapped around it. If you don't go ahead and get you a damn new mattress, what the hell is wrong with y'all? You should change your pillows and your mattresses often, as often as you possibly can. Change your pillows more often, but you should change your mattresses probably once every couple of years. Like, you got to stop carrying that old-ass mattress that you didn't had from grandma's house that your grandma slept on, you know, <laughs> that you got your granddad's seed on still. <laughs> God damn. Thank you, Elgin, for that PSA, you no good motherfucker. Oh, yeah. well, you, just, you, just, you just spoiled the whole fucking... You just spoiled the whole plug. So, recently, Al Sharpton... Shut up. Just listen. Al Sharpton and the Class Action Network uh, brought brought back up the issue of racial and sexual discrimination that's happening at the Phoenix Suns by their majority owner, Robert Sarver. ESPN did a crazy report, 20 pages long, interviewed over 200 former and current employees for the Phoenix Suns. I, I don't even know how I don't even know how to call it, my guy. So essentially what what Reverend Earl Sharpton said was, hey, 
these things came up in October of last year. MBA said they were going to investigate it. They started investigating themselves. And then all of a sudden, here we are in March, and nobody has said word one about what's going on. So what's going on? So now here we have this evidence is now starting to trickle back up to the surface about all the incidences, both racial, misogynistic. Some of those things is like very hard to read. Sarver has not only been accused of tossing the N-word around like nobody's business. Apparently, in one incident, allegedly, they it was debated about where, why they would be hiring a black coach for the Phoenix Suns. And Sarver's response to the crew, the team that was making this decision was, we got, it's a nigga that needs to hire, excuse me, niggas that need to lead other niggas. That's not the only one. Apparently it was very commonplace for this dude to come into work and start talking about his wife giving him blowjobs. Or fucking his wife in the ass. Like, literally, this is in these fucking no, this allegations. Literally, this literally this literally was in there. Yeah. So Al Sharpton is like, okay, we know that all of these things are happening. Why is this dude still an owner in the NBA? We saw how quickly they got Donald Sterling out. And this is a very interesting situation. What player was on the team when Donald was on the Clippers when Donald Sterling was the owner of the Clippers? The one and only Chris Paul. And what player is also a player? Uh, The one and only Chris Paul. So my question becomes. Oh, there's more to the story. Come on. There's a lot. There's a lot. Not only is Chris Paul on both teams. Chris Paul is also a major supporter of HBCUs. He's a president of the Players Association, right? Yes, he is. So my question becomes, why is this situation with Sarver, different from the situation with Donald Sterling. Why haven't we seen more traction, more movement, more get up and go from the NBA to resolve this issue than we did with Donald Sterling? I'm gonna throw it to you, what do you think? Well, I think the biggest issue with Donald Sterling, remember when Donald Sterling came out, it wasn't specifically the the players who were outraged first. It was some of the more prominent ticket holders and sponsors of the Clippers that had the issue first. They threatened to say, we're going to pull our sponsorship away. And if they pull their sponsorship away from the Clippers, they would pull their sponsorship because the Clippers also share the same arena as the Lakers. Mm. So the sponsorship would also come from the Lakers. Now here's the, what I find incredibly fascinating about this is remember when the NBA was in the bubble, right? Mm -hmm. This was right around the time of the George Floyd. There was a number of players who were calling for a strike. One Kyrie Irving was one of those players. You had some of the younger players who were also person. There were two prominent guys who decided to say, you know what? We should call Barack Obama to get his fucking input on this labor movement because, you know, Barack has such a great history of working with labor unions, right? So they call Barack, and what does Barack say? No, 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 no. We don't need to do fucking, you know, no, don't do a strike. Let's negotiate and figure a way out this. Where do we end up getting out of that situation? 
You ended up getting end racism on that fucking basketball court. You ended up getting hashtags and slogans and donations for particular grants for particular organizations. But it never addressed any of the systemic things that those players who are looking to call for the strike were looking to address. So I say all to say, there's no reason in hell we should expect Chris Paul to push for Anything to particular happen. Another component is it's a good chance that the Phoenix Suns could be in the NBA championship this year. This is Chris Paul's probably last opportunity to get to the NBA championship. So I don't think this is going to make much noise until sponsors begin to call into question and challenge and pull back and say, hey, if you, NBA, if you don't do anything about this, because this is the only thing that makes these dudes move is big money, it's not money, little money, yeah. not, us, not us striking or not watching the fucking NFL, actually having these big sponsors pull back. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. I find it incredibly disheartening as someone who is an advocate and lover of black folks that I would actually go to a motherfucking job where I know the motherfucking boss not only hates me, but has put it on the motherfucking record <laughs> that I need a nigga to, <laughs> to wrangle in other like, niggas. Yep. Like, and these motherfuckers are out there whooping. I mean, they are putting in work on the, and it's just like, how, and again, this is one of the reasons why we have to have a class analysis on these situations because these are motherfuckers who don't have poor working class problems. They okay is with being a nigga as long as they have all them zeros on the fucking paycheck. I think Chris Paul is getting 20 plus million dollars a season to play basketball. You think he really gives a fuck that much? If he did, he would. You know what he would have said? No, don't go. I, don't I, go that hard, my guy. You said they they okay with being a nigga because they're getting a check. I don't know about that, dude. Because it's not just you talking about Chris Paul. You know, there's some guys on the bottom end of that totem pole that this is what they've trained their entire life for, and they're not trying to sure. rock the boat. So, but again. When do we actual get, get actual change if we don't rock the fucking boat? Like, it, it, we are in position strategically in all of these sports to actually cultivate and demand change if we wanted it. Like, Kaepernick could be in the NFL now if black players in the NFL wanted cap in the league. Right, if they actually took a stand and got cap in. But again, I understand the level of sacrifice that that requires because, again, that's other motherfuckers' money. They got families and all those yeah, things. You don't count again, other people's pockets. Yeah. The only way we are ever going to get to a point as a collective community is we begin to make those sorts of sacrifices along the lines of the Montgomery boycott, along the lines of some of the other things. And we don't. Chris Paul could have had this fucking dude out of the owner, out man, the owner, when this first came out. He could have simply said, you know what, hey, man, I have enough money in my bank. I'm not fucking playing until he's gone. LeBron, and you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said friend, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that you said that, though, because I think my my recollection of the timeline was a little bit off because I don't remember necessarily the, the sponsors coming first. I just re- I do remember the team, the Clippers coming to collectively be like, we're not playing for a racist anymore. And that's when they like they they wore their jerseys inside out or something like that. I don't think they played. There was like one game that oh. they threatened not to play. I could have sworn. No, I don't. I could have the game. They were like, "Nah, oh. we're not playing." Uh-uh. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, no, and, and listen, tell us, tell us, tell us if we missed it. Tell us if we missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of the problem with this specifically is that there were there, with the Donald Sterling thing, there were audio tapes, right? And it became not only just a conversation that people were going to have in the ether. But it allowed radio, podcasts, YouTube, mainstream media to be able to play those clips over and over and over and over again. So it became to the point that everybody was like, God damn, this dude is racist. Like, what the hell? Like, how, how do you how do you yeah, necessarily I'm manage that? The word of the right, black folks. Right. I need right, to I'm not going to think the word is like, it's like <laughs> I got to hear it out of this dude's mouth. Right. So yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, you hear this collective uproar because there, the tapes were accessible. Here we don't have the tapes. Here we just have these people's like I want to tell you like how egregious some of these plates, bro. There was a woman, there was a there was a black woman who they interviewed. She's no longer works with them. She's no longer works with the Phoenix Suns. So like she contemplated suicide. That's how bad the place was. How how many people did they interview? It was hundreds of people that they interviewed. Hundreds, there's several hundreds of people, both that work there currently that spoke on the, you know, there was so many folks that were so many freaking allegations. And nothing has happened, bro. It's a chance that he could be hang, handing and holding up the NBA trophy at the end of the season. Do you know how egregious that shit is right Okay, there? so let me ask you, do you think that this is going to, like, because it really has, it did not, and I know you don't like, you don't like Al Sharpton, but I'll give him credit for bring, putting this conversation back on the table. Because we since October, people had completely forgotten about this. Well, shit. I mean, this is what he, he does. He he does a good job at putting the spotlight on shit. He's yeah. just a piece of shit who puts the spotlight on other shit. So I <laughs> dig that component. So I appreciate him bringing spotlight to it. But Al doesn't have any cachet, no sway to actually do what needs to be done in this particular situation. All he can you, do you is literally so? hold. No, all he can do is hold a flashlight. Hold you don't go get done. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely asking you, do you think that he has the ability to rally now that this has become an issue no. again, to rally no. players? No? No. No. Nope. I don't think he has that kind of pull anymore. I think he is so disconnected from the hmm. actual younger people and younger issues that he's, no. I don't so think what do you think is going to okay? The million dollar question. Then, what do you think is going to happen at the end of the day from all of this? Do you do you foresee this dude still being the owner of the Phoenix, or excuse me, the majority owner of the Phoenix Suns come the end of the come the NBA Finals? Yes. Yeah, and you know what's sad though, because the other owners, the other minority owners, I haven't heard any of them actually speak Nobody's out. Any, against this. You talk, are you talking about the other minority or the other twenty nine owners of these other NBA teams that have not said a word? Which, no. once again, all of these, I will say most of, if not all of them, during Donald Sterling came out immediately and was like, "Nah, we don't need this dude fucking up our money." 
So at this point, it seems like it's like, uh, okay, we're fine with this guy being a misogynist, being a sexist, being a racist. Like, and, and I know when people hear me talk about this shit, they're like, oh my God, here he goes yeah, again yeah, yeah, we know. on this radical fucking shit. But I'm telling you, if we look historically, it always took radical sacrifice in order for us to create change. We've mm-hmm. never been able to get them to morally see our, our plight yeah. and change. Because We've only been able to do it when we took major sacrifices and stands. And that's been we one of the insidious natures of the whitewashing of our educational system because most of us don't know about major boycotts or any boycotts outside of Montgomery. True, We don't have that. It's just and that's where I get pessimistic and I'm like, man, we ain't got no fucking hope. We we lost because if y'all think I'm radical because I have this conversation. No, you're right. No, no, no. You're 100% because let's look if we look at the Montgomery boycott the bus boycotts is because folks lost money. It wasn't because they crossed the bridge. They're well, both sides. About, yeah. It was, and yeah. not even that. Look, look, you can look at apartheid. It wasn't until Coca-Cola and all these major companies started saying they were going to pull out of South Africa that they finally started deciding to change the rules for apartheid. So, no, you, you 100%. You 100%. Uh, all right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. L, what's up, man? My thoughts and prayers are going out to Brittany Griner. Uh, the situation yeah. with her being over there, uh, regardless of where your stance are, whatever you believe about that particular situation, being a black, queer, non-binary person in a country that is notorious for not giving a fuck and actually hating you know uh anyone who is not cis heterosexual and black for the most part is an awful place to be in and it blows my mind again it goes with the same conversation we just had about the piece of shit in phoenix how there has not been enough of an uproar and an outcry by prominent black folks. And this is where representation matters. This is where representation would mean something. If motherfucking LeBron or some of these other motherfuckers came out and said, we're not going to do X until y'all bring Britney home. You know what I find very interesting? The fact that, and I know they're not the same place. I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. But it didn't take them but what a couple of days to get LaMelo Ball or was it LaMelo or whichever which, which one Le-Angelo. is it? The middle Le'Angelo, Le'Angelo to get LiAngelo Ball home from China after being put into jail for stealing sunglasses. Didn't take long. Didn't take long for them to get him home at all. And oh. as far as I know, Brittany Griner's still there, and I don't even know if there's really any negotiations going on to probably. I think May 9th is the next time she has a hearing in Russia. May 9th. I can't even I can't even imagine it, dog. Because I, you know, I'm I'm one of these folks that watches these worst prisons in the world stuff on Netflix. And Russia's always in the top five. So you tell me you tell me what that shit's about. 
I done got hooked on 600 pound life, man. I mean, that's that's a whole fucking podcast we can have talking about that, them. That is, that is, that is, that is, that is. <laughs> and you know what's funny though? I saw the meme and I didn't think about it at the time. Somebody threw up, it's like, everybody on my 600 pound life is either married or has a girlfriend or boyfriend. Go ahead and eat that donut, sis. And I said, no, 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 that can't be possible. And then I watched, no, I watched YouTube. Yeah, it's very fucking fun. It's, it's very it's, true. It's, it's, every it's single a high probability. Most of them every, do, Almost man. every single one but of them. Don't, don't eat bodies. the fucking donut, dumbasses. Don't do that. Okay? <laughs> don't fucking eat the donuts. Okay, get you a fucking salad, piece of fruit. <laughs> you know what? Shut up. Eat Shit. that donut if you want to eat that donut, girl. All right. Everything in moderation, baby. Everything in moderation. Okay. You ask to be fat moderate. Everything. <laughs> What's up for me this week is I'm gonna, you know, I'm a big MMA fan, huge, huge MMA fan, big fan of the UFC, and recently former heavyweight champion of the UFC, uh, Cain Velasquez, was put in jail. What was he put in jail for? He was put in jail for shooting the man who had allegedly been molesting his niece. Love that dude. And. And there's been a huge outcry to try and get this dude out of jail, and you know, but it has not it has not worked out so far. So he's, it won't. he's not getting out of jail. Yeah, Where's and now? I mean, yeah. I mean, I what was he? I mean, I, I get it. What was he really supposed to do, my guy? How do you find something out like that and not want want to take action, especially in the moment, right? Like you hear it and that, that anger, that rage is already engulfed you. Like, I know that we have a leak. Trust me. I understand it. We talk about this shit all the time here. We have a legal system. I get it. But I mean, he's never really been, he's never really been in trouble before. You can see the circumstances that he's under, why he did it. Man, send that dude home, man. Not all heroes wear capes, man. I mean, send that dude home. That's all I can say. I think that's the thing, man. I think in those situations, that's where that question of what is justice begins to come forth. Like, what is justice? What does that look mm. like? That's a very How do you question. define justice in this situation? Because what I believe is what he did was just. Can't argue with the shit. No, no bullshit. I can't argue with it. L, where can folks find you if they want to find you, man? Hey, man, I'm on social media everywhere. Uh, same thing, at Elgin Bailey. Uh, come through. Holla at me. Good talking to you guys. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you come on over to our Patreon and join the family. You will not regret it. And until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. In the black. Peace. This is this is the In the Black podcast. In the black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I don't know y'all what up? I read a black copy, Bretchen. Listen, in the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. <laughs>
switch fast if you ain't wrong, yo. Wack, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting them my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he bro, man a specialist. So what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said they my cheat, who no dweed so effortless. I listen them, I learn when them listen them, I benefit. Report current effect, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin, power that's so unsettling. Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, like your land is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, they fucked up. Pull up and watch black up here, chat me down. In the black podcast, like your land is all facts. You don't like that before. Back. In the black podcast, we all lost. They won't let them count. None of them look out. Just like that, though. Yeah, man, that's all right. Mr. The Black himself. This is. 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 This